It's football season, and PropSwap is the best way to lock in the action right now. At this time last year, Cincinnati had 300 to 1 odds. Thousands of prop swappers cashed in, buying their tickets on PropSwap early, and then flipping for a profit when they got hot. Now is your chance to do it. With thousands of buyers across the country, you'll get the most money for your bet on PropSwap. So hurry to PropSwap, grab a ticket or two. It pays to get in early. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets bpod studios are you ready for this this is felt and mass stupid my god presented by DraftKings sportsbook on 98.5 the sports hub I don't think you really know where your team is until you get to about midseason, you know, mid-October, play five, six, seven games, match up against some different teams, see for real what your strengths and weaknesses are, and uh, and your opponents as well. So, you know, what it looks like on paper and what it is in preseason and what it is in the regular season, I don't think they're all the same. When people really start attacking you. You start attacking other people. You, you get a much better feel for what what your problems are, maybe what your strengths are how good they actually are. So I think a lot of veteran players are aware of it. I've heard a lot of people comment on it. You know, September's an extension of the preseason, building your team, developing your team. I think there's some truth to that. But you know, games start counting, so you know, it's important to, to be competitive early. But I don't think we saw some of that last year. You know, but we see it every year, but certainly saw it last year. Nothing to worry about there, folks. Long way to go. It's just an extension to the preseason. You don't find out who you are until October. Nothing to see here. No problem whatsoever. No problem whatsoever, right, big boy? No troubles. Okay. At all. <laughs> Greg Batard. Greg Batard, Boston Sports Journal, joins us in our temporary Town Fair Tire Studios here at the NBC Media Center in Needham for a final time. Moving to our permanent digs tomorrow, so one final day. And we got Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal to do it with us for uh, the standard Big Boy Tuesday stint. Two hours here, Hardcore Patriots on cutdown day. They've already made a few moves, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the state of the team. We'll talk about whatever you want. We got Maz alongside, Greg Bedard alongside. I think we have Adam Jones stuffed away in some closet here. Thank goodness. At NBC, is he there? Jones, where are you? Hello? How do I sound? Oh, terrible? <laughs> oh, you sound horrible. Oh, you do. Well, you sound horrible. Worse than usual. This, this wasn't an inconvenience at all. That's good. Stay there, Jones. Look at that show. Oh, yeah. my God. So Get wait. out. You got kicked out for me. You know what that looks like? That looks what? like when you go visit someone in prison. No, no. That is. <laughs> that, that's B-Rob in the closet. This is visitation. Yes, that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm in a conjugal trailer at NBC Sports Boston. That's where I am. You think I have no power here, Jones. I got you banished. Uh, Conjugal trailer. Uh, If you're watching the simulcast, you see what we got. That perfect spot for you, Jones. You just just sit tight. Don't speak unless spoken to. Bedard, your thoughts on the team at this hour? Well, I mean, look, they're in a a tough situation. And, you know, in years past when they've been here, you've been like, all right, they need to coach their way out of it. The question is, can they do that anymore? And I think it's a very real question, and there should be real doubts on whether they're going to be able to do that. I mean, but, you know, here's what I say about – here's what I'll say about the offense because, of course – you know, I even heard you on Friday saying, like, 
you know, they haven't really looked like a train wreck yet. No, and setting up to blame us writers who were down there. Oh, I, de- I would definitely blame you. When I heard from the callers, I was going to say, I would blame Bedard. Right. Definitely. And um, do you believe me now? Yes, I do. Okay. It, it was as you. bad as everyone was saying. Uh, you know, I, you know I've, I've told people, especially I've sti- even after Friday night, I still hear from Patriots fans on Twitter who, you know, are fighting back against this. And I say this isn't my first rodeo. And what I mean by that is, yes, I've been covering NFL training camps for 20 years. I know the difference between, hey, it looks fine in practice, but it doesn't translate to the preseason games. Seen it a million times, you understand those lessons. But I'm telling you, what you saw on Friday night is what they have been day in and day out every day for a month in practice against their own teammates or joint practices, what have you. And so that's why I kept sounding the alarm bells. Yes, I sounded them the first day in pads, saying that the 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 first period of Shanahan run drills was an abject disaster. It has not improved at all in a month. So how are you gonna say they're gonna they're gonna grow this season or over, you know, Bill says whatever, four, five, six games Yes, in years past, you could say that about this team. You had Dante Scarnecchia coaching up the offensive line, or Carm Brasillo, or you know, you had Josh McDaniels, who at the end of the day would say, "All right, what are we good at? What can we do? Let's let's build around that and figure out what we can do." Does anybody have any sort of confidence that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and whoever else are going to be able to do that? No. Of course not. <laughs> but but let me ask you, this is what I would ask you, though, If I, in all seriousness. Why is he sticking with it then? In other words, if it's been this bad all along, why does he keep doing it? It's a good question. And, and I was thinking back to, you know, Joe, Joe Judge said something interesting yesterday about, because uh, I forget who asked him. I think it was Tom Curran asked him about the outside zone stuff and why don't you just junk it or whatever. Or, or are you surprised that you're struggling this much at this point? And Judge sort of pushed back saying that we were we were running off the same install tapes that the Patriots have used in 2012 and 2013. He said there's video of, of their Billy Yates, the assistant offensive line coach, you know, actually blocking these plays. And 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 when they went to this, the Patriots have always done an element of this. But it's like it's the communication that they're doing with the offensive line, but also the biggest thing is you can look at it on tape you can look at the you know the, the the play sheets that you use to install it, but can you coach it? Can you get the guys? Can you teach it on a level where they understand, they buy in, and that's the disconnect. The disconnect with this team is who's delivering the message and how they're doing it. All right, Greg Bedard is in studio the next couple hours. Jimmy, you may release the hounds at 617-779-0985. What do you think they're going to do week one in Miami? What should they do week one in Miami? I think they are going to uh, dial it back. They're going to be simple. They might go tempo at times. I think not having Montgomery, if he's not out there, I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to be out there, judging that he needed help getting off the field. Because he gave them the ability to go fast, do one word, no huddle, where he's a receiver one time, then he's the running back, sort of like the hernandez Corderell patterson sort of package. And I thought they could use that to – trip up the Dolphins and not allow their defense to get some of their designer blitzes and coverages and things like that set up. They might be limited in that now, but I, you know, I think they'll go back to what they can execute. I don't think they're going to go out there and try to run the stretch run if they can't block it, but they have two weeks to rep it. It's amazing that they haven't corrected it by now, but uh, you know, could it be a little bit better? 
Yes, but I think they'll go back more to their bread and butter and try to use a little bit more tempo, Mac and shotgun. But then again, that might play right into what the strengths are of this Dolphins team, which are the defensive line and their cornerbacks, who can man cover just about as good as anybody in the league. Okay, so if they do, you know, again, scrap it's kind of the, the wrong word, but, you know, de-emphasize it in week one. Don't you feel it's just a giant waste of time of what they've just been through the last four to six weeks? Without question. I mean, you know, they've spent a lot of time repping this stuff. And I'm sure Belichick and, you know, Patricia and Judge will, you know, dismiss it and say, well, we we always do that. You know, that kind of stuff. But, no, it's a bunch of bull crap. I've been out there every single day. I see the offensive linemen doing outside zone blocking skills. And just to frighten you a little bit more, yesterday when we got a glimpse at practice – the quarterbacks were still working on the stretch play action plays. Still, yesterday. So they're not giving it up, is what you're saying? Not from what I could tell. I mean, look, we're not there for the whole practice. It's only you know a little bit stretching and a little bit more. But uh, which I assume now that I said this, they'll probably even cut it back even more. But yeah, they were still doing it. So, I, Greg, look, like everybody, we, we all have a million questions about this thing, like where it's going and you know what they're. Do you think they're going to continue, like you said, de-emphasize week one, okay? Which I think we all sort of expect and agree on. But do you think they're going to continue going forward with it, you know, and try to figure it out? I think it depends on what this this week looks like. You know, because I think Bill even said it yesterday. He said, you know, we're still in training camp, which kind of surprised me. I'm like, you're not just moving it. but And even Patricia and Judge said things similar where we're working on us this week. So I think they're giving it one last chance to rep it, clean it up, take a look at some things, and then probably uh, later this week they will decide on the firm game plan on what they're exactly going to do. All right, final question before we hit the first break and go to the phones. Your thoughts on Mac Jones, how he looks, and how he's carrying himself? Uh, I have... I have no issue really with how he's carrying himself. It's a it's a non factor to me. Um, you know, he he shows frustrations at time. I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, you know, it's I I it's more akin to, you know, you hit a bad golf shot, you slam the club. I mean, you know, big deal. But where he is right now, I mean, look, there's there's no question that he has regressed. I mean, huge. I I, I put these stats in my column the other day after I uh, off of the game. And a year ago at this time, they had a joint practice with the Giants. Patrick Graham, who is the Raiders defensive coordinator now, was on the other side. Joe Judge was the head coach of the Giants. They had a joint practice. Cam Newton had COVID. So Mac got the spotlight to himself. This is where he won the job, if he hadn't already. And he went about 35 of 40 in seven-on-seven drills against the same defensive coordinator. This week in Vegas, he was 13 of 27. That's without the offensive line. Less than 50% in 7-on-7? Seven seven? That's ridiculous. So that just tells you where he is at this point, and he has obviously regressed. And it's the same personnel. Added Devontae Parker. Yes, you have a, you know, a rookie at left guard, but largely the same personnel. They should be progressing on what they did last year. We heard Bill Belichick before the season. Oh, Max way ahead of where he was. He did so much work in the offseason. He's way ahead. Well, how come he's not ahead on the field? It's the coaching. That's what it is. And and the, the, the protection, the offensive line is not effective. That affects the quarterback. 
I, I wrote it midway through camp. I said Max sped up in their own practices where he can't be touched. And that has continued. They have to figure that out. And the only thing you do to figure that out is get the offensive line settled. I don't know how they do it unless Patricia's just given that responsibility or they bring in somebody like Skarnacki, which I don't think is happening. But that's where it has to start. You have to make the quarterback feel comfortable. That's the number one thing, and it starts with the offensive line. Off and running. Your thoughts at this hour. Again, the very latest two on the Patriots roster. The deadline's at 4 o'clock to get down to 53 players. They've already made a couple of transactions. If anything major happens, we'll break in and give it to you first. So don't go anywhere. Your thoughts with Greg right after. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. required. This is a purely a take that exists in my head. Getting into your head. Tell you what's in our head. With hot sports takes. And we share it with you. Felger and Mass, 98.5, the Sports Hub. Matt, what, what have you seen from your offensive line in terms of trying to adapt to the outside zone scheme? And is there a point in your head uh, where you say, we're not getting it, we have to move on to something else? Yeah, um, I think, you know, really right now for us when we uh, work different runs in the run game, we have different techniques that we work. So whether it's zone techniques or we run, um, you know, our gap schemes or our double team techniques, we're just trying to make sure those fundamentals are handled from that standpoint. Um, sometimes the emphasis isn't so much on, you know, what does the production look like at the moment? It's a, how, how good are we with our pad level, our hand placement, our foot placement. Sometimes, you know, uh, right now we'll run them into looks that maybe aren't great, you know, just so that we can get the runs run in that particular moment and make sure that we're getting enough reps at everything uh, before the reps really kind of get limited as we go forward from there. That's how Patricia explained it away yesterday. Greg Bedard is already scoffing. Said we're not worried about the results, the process, looking at pad level, foot placement, things like that, technique, see if they're doing it right. Plus, if they see a... They aren't. Hold on. Plus, if they see a bad front, they aren't checking out of it. They're just running it to get the rep, and they wouldn't normally run that stuff against the kind of fronts that they've seen. How do you feel about those two excuses? Um, I think they're ridiculous. I think that you know they're working on their technique. It's a humongous fail. I mean, for after a month of camp, for the offensive line to look like it does, and they missed assignments that they have. It's just it, it shows a complete lack of attention to detail. Uh, it's an indictment on the coaching to this point. And I just keep going back to it. And I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. If Dante Scarnecchia was here, would this offensive line look like this at this point? There's no way in hell. They would be ready to go. They would have you know, kicked the Raiders' ass the other night, and they would have looked good, efficient, tidy, and they're not even close to that. They're, they're a complete mess up front, have been for a month. Um, what was the, his other point was... Well, when we see certain fronts, we're just running it okay. to get the rep. Um, first of all, you might do that on occasion. But what what's the point of doing that? Because the, the one of the number one tenets of this offense, at least when it was successful, was don't run any bad plays. That means... If the if the get, front is showing one thing, check out of it. Go to the other. Let me give you an example from the Raiders' practice. Right, get into the right play. Right. Let me give you let me give you an example of how much of a train wreck this is. <laughs> so, 
this is Wednesday, so the good day that they had. When um, it, it, it was right before the first team period. They were a train wreck in that period. They were better after that. So the Raiders are on, the, are on one practice field. They're going 11-on-11 11 11 against the Patriots. On the other practice field, Matt Patricia calls over the offense, and they start repping the plays on air that they're going to do once they get on the field. So they're doing that. We see it. We see how it's supposed to look. They get over there, and the first play is the same play that they ran the other night. Stretch action to the left, okay? The Raiders come out, and they drop their safety, John Abrams, right into the box, right where they want to run the ball, okay? Normally, if this was a real offense, Mack would have checked out of it. He would have flipped it to the other side, changed the play. That's what you're supposed to do in this offense. This is why they're efficient, why there aren't bad plays in this offense. But they didn't do that because I don't think they're they're capable of it. I don't think they have that. they I, I keep hearing from coaches, whether it's the Panthers or the Raiders, there's no talking going on up front. There's no discussion. There's no checks. There's very little conversation. So, anyways, so Abrams is out there, right where they want to run the ball. And how do they block it? Do they change the protection? Do they check and kick everybody out a little bit more to pick up Abrams? No. Trent Brown blocks Chandler Jones on the end. Uh, Cole Strange blocks the three technique. They asked for, on that play, they asked for David Andrews, the center, to pull out and take the the safety that was right there, which is just absurd. It makes no sense football-wise. And guess what happened? Five-yard loss. I won't even get into, oh, yeah, the next one they, 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 they scripted on air. Throwback screen to Jacoby Myers. Went for no gain. They had like they had like five screens like that that went for no gain. I mean they they're just they're a disaster. And this excuse making is just if you buy it, you are completely gullible. <laughs> and who do you think they're excuse making for? Who is it for the benefit of us, the owner, the players? Who are they trying to sell? I think a little bit of everybody. You know, I mean, because I think they do. I think that they realize the, 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 the pan, you know, there are fans who are looking at this saying, like, what's it going to do? Certainly the players, since the offseason, since they started doing this, these players aren't idiots. Just like Mac Jones says, I think I'm a pretty smart player. I think I know offense pretty well. And you know what other guys, him and other guys of his ilk said when they started putting this in? What the hell? What? How does this make any sense? Why are we going to do this? And now it's come to fruition. Sometimes they run some of these plays, like you know Trent Brown staying on his double team for like ten yards. On it wasn't a power run. It wasn't a gap run. It was an outside zone. Makes you want to think: Are are some of these guys? Are they destroying these plays on purpose? The players, yes. Sometimes I. It's so ridiculous some of the decisions that they make that you look at it and say: Are they torpedo? Are they torpedoing this thing? On purpose because they want it to look as bad as possible. They're undermining so, it. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes they, I wonder that. So there's a piece of maybe they're undermining it because they don't believe in it. They want to scrap it. And then there's individual things like you mentioned Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. Are there some issues there about their individual situations that are creeping in? Without question, that's been going on for a while. Um, you know, the Patriots have had interest in trading Wynn since the off season. They haven't found any takers because he's too expensive. He's not good enough, and he only has one-year tenure. So, I mean, what are you going to give up for a $10 million average tackle for, to only have for one year? But there's no question. This is, this is the nightmare scenario for this team is they have put themselves in a position where they have two tackles, Trent Brown, who has quit on two teams, 
the 49ers, Raiders, and there was questionable buy-in from him at the end of last year internally. Then you have Isaiah Wynn, who never shows up in the offseason, who's complaining about you know what's going on. If those guys check out, what the hell are they going to do? They don't have any other options to tackle. They can't. They they are no longer in a position. Bill used to be able to you know make some sort of cut or trade at this point to shock everybody. And who are they going to play? Justin Haran, Yadni Kajus. The the roster has fallen into such disrepair disrepair that they have left themselves no options. So the nightmare scenario is both your tackles don't give a crap anymore. <laughs> Craig, you don't need tackles. You don't need those. Six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. Josh in New Hampshire, give us a call here. What do you got? Yeah, so Connor Orr over at SI, uh, good writer. Um, he last year he wrote an article about implementing the zone, and it's pretty. It's got Shanahan in it, and it's pretty much saying it takes a year to get that thing right. And yeah, if you go all it in, really does. Yeah. yeah. So. I can't see Bill. Does Bill really think he can do it this quickly with these two guys, or is he just kind of trying to get it in and trying to, you know? I think everybody. I think. I think. I think people are. They're missing the overall point. They're getting too bogged down into oh, this is the new offense, the new system, the new communicate things like that. It's. It's not really about that. I mean, even you know Joe Judge and and I asked people who would know about when he said, "Well, you know, look at you can go back and we've looked at the Patriots install tapes from 2012, 2013, what have you." And I asked people who would know, and they're like, "Yeah, we probably did some of that. This, some of this has always been in there." I don't. I think this is like I said earlier on earlier in training camp. I think this is just really ideally they wanted this to be a first two down package because the running game done correctly. Is devastating. Wait till you see the Dolphins. The Dolphins, who used to have no running game, wait till week one. Watch th- their running game. You think they'll be dialed in? Of course they will be. They will be? It doesn't take a year. The caller just said Shanahan and everyone else said it takes a year. It doesn't take a year? Uh, not if you have an expert in the system who's b- was with Kyle Shanahan in, let's see, Houston, Atlanta, San Francisco for like a decade. You know, those guys know how to do it piecemeal or what you need to do. But, yeah, you know, you need to get it coached up. But I, I think there's a second straight optic whammy, double optic whammy coming for the Patriots and their fans. First was last Friday yep. in oh, yeah, Vegas right. where, you, where your ex-offensive coordinator is running your system and tushing you with your backup quarterback. Correct. While your starter can't do squat in the new system against their backups. That's optic number one that really hurt. Optic number two. Miami's installing the same kind of thing you're installing, except they're doing it with coaches who have experience in it. And they, their talent's not any better. Offensive line, running backs, it's a wash at best. Maybe you might be better. You yeah. tell me, talent-wise. Patriots are better on the line. Okay, better on the line and at back. I don't know. You know, So the Miami's no better, but they're starting over on offense and trying to do the same thing. How do they look week one? How do you look? That's another. There comes the double optic whammy for Mike, you. let me ask you this. If you... If there was some way to on Friday night, if you didn't know which team was which, all right, and you just because it's both teams are running the Patriots offense and the Patriots defense, which team looked more like the Patriots? The Raiders. Oh, not even close. After four weeks of training camp, yeah. I mean, that tells you all you need to know right there. Dave and Amherst has a thought on Mac Jones. Go ahead, Dave. Hey guys, I just wanted to say that the elephant in the room is the arm strength of Mac Jones. 
I just you saw Stidham like uh, Felger just mentioned, zip it around the field. I think Mac Jones is a pick six waiting to happen. That interception was indicative against the Raiders. He just doesn't have it. He's a college quarterback. That's okay, well, hold on. I mean, that was a decision more than an arm strength. No, that wasn't about arm strength, that play. But there were some arm strength spots. You saw, you mentioned the throw to Kendrick Bourne, the out. Maybe was that? Was the fourth down play. Yeah, it was play. the fourth down play. Yeah, look, they converted it, yeah. right? But it took a while for the ball to get there. What do you see there, Greg? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we discussed it earlier. Uh, you know, Mac Jones is one of these guys who, you know, yes, he did a lot of stuff in the offseason. I do think, you know, maybe his arm strength is a little bit better. But – he needs a clean pocket. He needs to be able to step up into his throws. If he can't do that, if he has to throw off his back foot or he or he can't stride into it, the ball loses energy down the field. He is not one of these uber talented natural throwers where he can just you know flick get it. back and flick the ball. It's just not going to happen, and that's fine as long as you know the strengths and weaknesses of your quarterback. You can build around that. That's why the offensive line is essential to what he's going to do. And you worry about a guy like you know Cole Strange at left guard who at times he definitely flashes and there's no question there's talent there but is he ready to go from jump street as a rookie I mean, at that it, position okay it, um, is he i mean he <laughs> he's he's going to have to be he's going to struggle no no i mean he got ragdolled a couple times in the game against backups so the answer is right now no right now no okay there you go i, I mean i was just trying to help you Greg. thank the, you the, he's not ready He's not. They're kind of wedging him in there. Okay. And that line in Jones's arm, the combination, horrible combination. <laughs> All right. Horrible. More your thoughts coming up. We've got three up, three down. Who's trending and, and trending up, trending down over the last week as they closed out the preseason and training camp. First, we've got Adam Jones in his conjugal, uh, conjugal tent. What do we call it, Jones? <laughs> Uh, it's a conjugal trailer here. I've already fashioned myself a shiv out of a pen, so I'm uh, I'm safe. I should be good to go. I can defend myself. Seriously, you do. You look like one of these guys talking to a prison visitor with a little phone. So so we can't, for some reason. Is, this is the best thing we've ever done. I mean, it's amazing. For some reason, we can't put four mics in here. We just, it's not, they don't want four microphones or four cameras or whatever. So Jones, we had to kick Jones out to some closet here down the hall. Which, I think what, we should leave him there. No, no, it's perfect. Can we put up a poll about this? I don't think they're going to let me out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jones, what? I said, I don't think they're going to let me out. Okay, We need a poll. Here Jones, comes, stay in the closet. Here comes Jones with the update, and then we're back with three up, three down. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Popular afternoon radio show in Boston. I don't want to know what this means. Felger and Maz. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, what? I, I, I don't know what that is. 98.5, the sports up. And now, it's time for three. Touchdown! 
Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, three up, three down. Usually during the football season, this is looking back to the previous week's game and training camp. We uh, tweak it a little bit. So, who's trending up and who's trending down over the last week, the final week of preseason and training camp? Uh, this uh, segment uh, sponsorships are available out there. Uh, so, uh, Greg uh, gives us his thought. Maz chimes in from his couch. Go ahead, Greg. Who's uh, trending up? Number one over the last week, Matthew Judon. He was the he was the talk of Raiders practices. They were. Highly impressed with him. He looks fresh. He looks ready to go. He's powerful. Um, we'll see whether he can keep it up for 17 games, but there's no question that Matthew Judon is the best player on the Patriots right now. I agree. He's the best player on the team. My number one up was Jack Jones. I thought he looked terrific in this game. And again, small sample, preseason game, third one. But they, you know, I want to see more. I, I think he's got a chance to help him out, and maybe even this year, like short term. Number two. He can play. Number two, Greg. Jacoby Myers. Uh, again, uh, similar to Judon, he is by far the Patriots' best receiver. And I don't know what that says about your roster. I don't think it says a whole lot, but there's no question that he is the best receiver on the team right now. Devontae Parker flashed early. The Raiders were just physical with him and just rode him out of bounds. He didn't do anything in any of the joint practices. Huh. I went Kevin Harris. I, I don't think he's special, but I think he played well last week. And, you know, I think he had a good game against the Raiders. And he just Ke- got released. Kevin Harris, the sixth round, the, the, rookie the running, running back? back? Yeah, they just cut him. Yep. Did they cut him? Yeah. No! Yeah, no, good call. <laughs> wow! <laughs> they saw something different than you did. Well, he was good in this past game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Third up there, uh, Greg. Uh, Christian Barmore. Um, I think he's been trending in the right direction to the point where, and, and I wrote about this off of, I think, the, the Panthers preseason game, but... I think he's pushing for every down snaps, and I think that uh, you know the more I see from a guy like Lawrence Guy, who everybody knows I love Lawrence Guy, but there's little question in my mind now that he is in decline, and and I don't know how much he gives you anymore. He does not hold up the double teams like he once did, so why not go with the younger guy who might be a little bit more sudden, give you some plays up front. Just to clarify, I'm going with players who look good in the game. Okay? <laughs> you got it. You got uh, it. And I went with the tight end, uh, Sokol. Matt Sokol, I like him. I'm gonna, In fact, I put to you in the email this morning, get rid of Asiasi, keep this kid, and keep little Jordan Humphrey. That may happen. Yeah, so, so they got rid of Asiasi already. Yep. That I know. And these other two have it's not. It's a good thing I didn't pick him, too. <laughs> the other two yet have, uh, so they're still alive as of now. Uh, three down. Let's get to the good stuff, Greg, who's been the biggest uh, trending down over the last week. It's Kendrick Bourne to me. He's a complete enigma. He did have a big catch in you know one of their team periods, but he's completely fallen off the map. I mean, it, largely in those joint practices, he did nothing. Um, even yesterday at practice, he did. They were running against air, and I don't know if he quit on the play or something. But Joe Judge was not happy. It, you know, he 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 still has the same skills. He is you know he's still talented. But there is a huge disconnect between him and the coaches. He has completely lost confidence, and they have to find a way to get it back. I went with the whole low line. I couldn't separate one guy from the other. The whole thing has been a train wreck. Is there one guy on that old line you feel good about right now? I don't. No. Not one. I mean, Andrews, I, well, but. Well, and I like Andrews as a player, but I'm not sure he's had a great camp either. I don't think a single one of them 
has given me any reason for optimism. Not one. It's a second down there, Greg. Trent Brown, to go along with what Mads is talking about. I mean, there were some of the plays in this game where I was just like, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, like, you know, he thinks he's going to... He thinks he's going to run and pick off the the linebacker on an outside zone stretch to the right. Like that's that's not happening. Why isn't there check involved? Where you know Andrews is telling him, "Well, I'll take the linebacker now, and you do." It's and then that, that double team where he's not he, he's double teaming the end instead of picking up the linebacker like he's spo- and the linebacker just runs free into the backfield. This stuff has been going on for a month. There, I I I don't know if he's just doing it to prove a point. Or he really just doesn't understand his scheme. I I find the latter hard to believe, but I, I don't know what the deal is. Kyle Duggar. I mean, that play was just god-awful. I'm sorry. The safeties are the strength of the team. Uh, e- either way, they're the strength of the team. But that play was horrendous. Number three, Greg. Uh, Miles Bryant, who another guy who I love, but he is just being asked to do too much. To be the number one slot on this team, he got completely torched. In the Raiders joint practices. I mean, they never stopped Hunter Renfro, not even close. And to me, he is indicative of where this roster is right now. The decision not to re-sign J.C. Jackson and keep everybody where they were, which is, let's come back, J.C. at number one, Jalen Mills at number two, Jonathan Jones back at slot. That's the ideal for them. But they decided not to pay him. Now everybody's slotting up and... It wasn't his fault, but did you see Miles Bryant against the Bills last year? Like, he can't, against good teams, he can't keep up there. And so Jonathan Jones should be there, but because they have nothing else at boundary corner, you know, didn't draft a guy, could have stayed there and took Elam, the kid who's going to start for the Bills, could have picked him. Instead of doing that, now they're they're weakening themselves at two spots, and it, it just, it has not looked good so far. Mac Jones, he's got to be on there somewhere. We can't leave him out of this. And we can blame the line, which is where I put the majority of the blame. But he's also going the other way. And again, that pick was horrible. Okay, there's your three up, three down. Any comments? 617-779-0985. Also, the very latest on the Patriots roster. Who's in? Who's out? And what do we have a problem with? Most importantly, we'll get to that in our long commercial fee segment next. Felger. And of course he looks good. And Mass. Because Mac Jones is out there with some tight shirt and looks hot. I never said he looked hot. Felger and Mass. He's got like that tapered torso thing. 98.5, the sports up. The special teams is kind of the interesting one because they last year had two dedicated just special teams players, Matthew Slater and Cody Davis. And when you look around the league, that was heavy special teams. Most teams do not do that where they dedicate two players at the start of every practice, just work on special teams. Um, now I think there's a third guy who could be joining the mix, Brendan Schuler, who's got kind of a fascinating story, bounced around four different high schools, three different colleges, played for seven different head coaches in seven years. Um, but he's got tons and tons of speed. He's taken to special teams. He's the first one down on kickoff. And so, you know, having three special teamers seems a little crazy, but if anybody's going to appreciate what the guy's been doing on special teams, it's Bill Belichick. This is a way to get into a little bit of a roster analysis. That was Chad Graff. He writes for The Athletic. He just got here. New uh, Patriots writer from The Athletic. He was on TNR this morning. I sort of like the cut of this guy's jib a little bit. Because at one point he said, I came here from Minnesota. (laughs) I'm going to paraphrase here. But he said, coming from Minnesota, I was kind of surprised to realize you guys kind of (laughs) suck. 
coming from Kirk Cousins to this team. I thought I thought I'd be seeing something a little bit better. Uh, and so uh, I'll play more cuts for it. But he's, he's so. This is another thing. It's like culture shock. It's like, wait a minute. You have two two guys exclusive to the kicking game, and now you're going to add a third. And this is welcome to and welcome to welcome New to New England. Okay, so it's like so the the kid he's talking about is who? Like I purposely don't pay attention. Yeah, to I I don't either. The kid with I really the hair. Yeah, the long hair, the guy that they you know Zoe's talking about for like ten minutes on the broadcast the other night. Like, I what's he, his name? Schooler. Brendan Schooler. Keep going. And what I'm not talking about special teams. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that Belichick still has all these special teams guys when the kicking game is less and less every year. And he's going to have, you know, I, apparently they released Justin Bethel, who's one of the guys. He could be back. But you were looking at, they already have Cody Davis. We'll see if he hangs on. You know, you have Matthew Slater. Now you have Schooler. I mean, it's just, and these guys are never going to play on their units. They're not any good, but Bill keeps them just for special teams. So he's uh, he's listed as a rookie. He's twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was older than that. <laughs> so now you have three roster spots on guys who just cover kicks, and again, well, you're, you're going to be kicking a lot. Well, no, well, I mean, just I mean, I think you will be punting. But but let's just you know, as Greg sort of alluded to there, there's never been more touchbacks. There's never been more fair catches, and I'm just saying that off the top of my head. Yeah, you have Jake Bailey. But like he launches the ball now. Now that he's healthy. I mean, I, when I just watch NFL football, I see fewer and fewer punt returns. It just feels that way. Like, and I've talked about this before. Like, there's not even outside of Cordell Patterson. Like, there's not even any more return specialists that I can really name. And you say you got to keep it away from this guy. And back in the day, there was always one or two guys, Devin Hester, or that. The, who's the X Factor? What was his name? Dante Hall, whatever. Like, or Dion. Like, there was always a guy or two who he said, okay, there's a real factor in the kicking game. He's going to bring a couple back a year. And I don't even feel like those guys exist. So, not, anytime you want blasted in the end zone on a kickoff, you pretty much can. And I, I just, maybe someone, a stat man, can look this up for me. I feel like there's fewer punt returns than ever. And so, I'm going to have three guys to run down on kicks? Like what is that? So this is another. Can I give you what this is an example of? The game passing Bill Belichick by, or him losing his fastball, or him getting obsessed with these little things that used to translate but don't. There used to be three phases of the game: offense, defense, special teams. Well, de- special teams is nowhere near those other two. They've never been less important, and he keeps you know obsessing over these kids that just run down and cover a kick with the stupid hair. Like what is that? Yeah, but uh, that's where you get to your identity for your team. Good God. All you need to know about special teams and and the lack of uh, importance that it has, Gunnar Olszewski was the all-pro punt returner two years ago on this team. He was all-pro. First team, all-pro. What happened to him, by the way? Where is he? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know. I mean, right. No one knows. No one cares. Okay, so that's just to get you into the, the roster. What do you like what they've done so far or not like what they've done so far? I mean, let, let me just give you two. Two offensive linemen that at one point you said, just go with these guys are gone. The kid from Canada and the archaeologist from Great Britain. Uh, and I, you know, I forget both yeah, their the names. Arlington Lambright or whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, Hambright. Hambright. <laughs> you know, I assume he's going to be back on the practice squad. Um, the Canadian kid did not. He did not finish strong <laughs> to camp. Jude uh, de Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Okay, gone. Um, Harvey Lange, gone, All right, which is, again, I sort of just got caught up there because I see uh, Giovanni uh, Tavai, and I get confused. Tavai is still here. 
Uh, they released the rookie running back. Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris. My guy. Uh, they've released uh, Henry Anderson, the defensive lineman. Your thoughts on that? Uh, good player. Uh, I assume that's good things for Sam Roberts, uh, the rookie, who did did a nice job. Okay. They've released uh, J.J. Taylor. Is that kind of a surprise? Does that mean you think Ty Montgomery is healthy or will be ready to go pretty soon? I think they might have. Maybe they wanted to uh, not use a, another IR spot. Um, for Ty Montgomery, maybe he's less than a month or what have you. And but yeah, I mean, if if Montgomery's going to be laid up for like a month, you figured that JJ Taylor would be the guy. Cornerback Terrence Mitchell was released earlier in the day. Your thoughts there? Well, I mean, this was one of the guys that they brought in. He was a starter very early in camp, um, and then they made the switch to Jonathan Jones on the outside. And uh, so I think that that was at the time it was indictment on Mitchell Brown. Juwan Williams, uh, and now all three are gone. Okay. What do you want to see happen the rest of the day? What do you think will happen? You know, what's... Well, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing with this roster, and, and this is you know, after talking to people with the Panthers and the Raiders from the joint practices, they said that the Patriots can't cover at cornerback. They can't. They can't. They can't play man-to-man. I mean, I'm assuming that's what you mean. If they play man to man, they're they're toast. Yeah, get it. They yeah, gotta I mean, play, they gotta play zone. Probably the biggest hole on this roster, in my opinion, at this point. I'm just trying to think, going around the roster real quick. Is that cornerback? I mean, again, we I sort of talked about it earlier. Like they, all these guys, you can write whatever stories you want about Jalen Mills about being a top corner and he's taking another step. First of all, a lot of that stuff came against the Patriots receivers in practice who aren't exactly lighting the world on fire, but he's not another number one cornerback. It's not. It, he's not. Just because he is for the Patriots doesn't mean he is one. And you could say that about different spots on this whole roster, but they're all slotting one spot up. Jalen Mills should be a number two. Jonathan Jones should be back at slot. Miles Bryant should be like a six corner uh, cornerback, defensive back, filling a safety and corner. Instead, everybody's having to play. Because they're not good enough, they didn't resign J.C. Jackson. Whatever that decision, fine. But go find somebody else. Go do something. Because right now, they it looks like they can't hold up in the back end. Okay, they need, they need one of those kids to pop. My guess is it'll be Jack Jones, not Marcus Jones. Right. But they need one of them yeah, to pop. I, I mean, look, right now, very similar to Strange. These guys, it's early for these guys. Ideally, they're asking a lot. Yes, ideally they need another year of season. Jones is small. I mean, he's skinny. Marcus Jones is small. Both of them had issues with the Raiders and the Panthers, and we'll see. He certainly showed up the other night. You know, popped a couple balls. That's great. They're going to need that, but I think I think it's a little early. We'll see. I could be wrong, but I think it's a little early. Okay, so you're all lined up. Let's take the update here with uh, Jones from the conjugal tent uh, just down the hall here at NBC (laughs) Media Center where we've stuffed him today to fit the big boy in the main studio. We'll get the update. We'll come back with your calls on the roster, the situation with the Patriots, the situation with Mac Jones, all of it with you right after this. No commercial. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> 